All right, ready to go. You guys ready to go? Do you want to clap or not? Oh. No, do I clap too? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing Ezra claps. Oh, yeah, that's his. I've just been with him. Oh, have you? He's a cutie. He's so good. All right, you starting or I start? All yours. Oh, All mine. All yours. Is that right? I've that's started fine. the last two. <laughs> you have. Welcome to the Chip Lunch Podcast, Ethan. It's good to have you back. It's great to be back, John. May, may you introduce our guest, please? We are here with Suze. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> so <laughs> pleased intro. to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I to make our guest feel really comfortable. Welcome. Well, if I act all robotic, there's no fear of, like, oh. you can just be really natural. It's fun. That's a good point. Yeah. Is that like a reverse psychology? It is. It is. Maybe you yeah, hesitated yeah. because you couldn't say my surname. That is, that is exactly oh, right. Can you yes. say Could you please it's pronounce Dutch, it for us? It's Dutch. It's weird and it's Kuipers. Kuipers, <laughs> As yes. in wipers. <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly I don't think it's happened. weird though. I feel, I feel like when you oh. say that, it's, uh, yeah, that's it how you say it. sounds okay, but when, when you, it's K-U-I. Yeah, when mm. it's spelt, it's and really weird. so people just, yeah. I get all sorts of different things. Kuipers. Kuipers, Kuipers. It's Kuipers. Yeah, Kuipers. Kuipers. I have the problem with my last name that people add an S on the end and it really annoys me. Masters. And you know when people like they say they're going to Sizzlers, I'm like it's not called Sizzlers, it's Sizzler. Ah. Uh, there's a company called Winning Appliances, and yes. people call it Winnings, Winnings. and it really upsets me. <laughs> I'm like, can you read? <laughs> That's probably it's deep in grave pet peeves. This is what this is what mm. is about. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of pet peeves. <laughs> Besides you, Ethan. <laughs> I don't like people eating with chickens, eating chips with chickens. Oh, on. okay. That's, that's your segue. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm here now. Suzanne, which yes. is what Suze is short for. Suzanne, mm. please tell us, how do you like to eat your chips? I've been waiting for this question. Oh. Plain salt. Yes. Wow. No. Nothing else needed. Yes. No sauce. Look, if it's there, I'll have it, but mm. I won't seek it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like the plain chips with the salt. Yeah. Okay. okay. You can taste them. Okay. As opposed right. to taking chicken salt. Yeah. You know, I'm actually totally okay with this because mostly because it gives Joel pity points. And <laughs> but you're way ahead. I am way you're ahead. Way exactly. Ahead. <laughs> I love. That's why I, I was ready you. to come yeah. in. Yeah. I love that Suze has listened to probably almost every Chip Lunch podcast, so you know <laughs> yeah. that I am I way know behind. The tally. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's really cool. Oh so dear, good. that might just say, mm, "What else is she doing with her life?" No. No. Is it's there good. a s- it's an afternoon thing? I sit down, I have yeah. a little rest, listen to Chip Lunch. Oh, lovely. That's lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, is there a particular place, a particular shop that you mm. like to get your chips from? Oh, well, You're local. it used to be K&M. Oh, everyone, everyone says, says it. They? they were the best. The boys loved them. Mm. I don't. I haven't really eaten many since, like, for years now. Really? Yeah. I'm just not out and about. I don't know. It doesn't jump into my head, but if someone buys them, I'll eat them for sure. Right. But I think um, Gaimia Soccer Club used to do really good chips. Did they? Mm. Yeah. Wow. They did. They were excellent. You would have spent a fair bit of time there. I did. Yes. <laughs> Doing duty in the canteen <laughs> yeah. and yeah. all the rest of it. So it's with all three boys, I'm guessing, playing all soccer. All three boys played soccer mm-hmm. and then all three boys played rugby league <laughs> and then back to soccer and then changed clubs. Wow. Mm. There you all go. over the place. Busy. Mm. Oh, all over it's the place. fun though. Yeah. I it's love it because I'm like coaching my kids or one of my, my son's team now. I love it. I love Saturday mornings. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah, it's great. It's a really good start to the weekend. 
Like, it's, especially yeah. if you win. But and especially with the young <laughs> ones, they're at like 8am at yep. Bundina and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope I don't have to. I think I might have to go to Bundina this year for football. <laughs> That's all. Um. <laughs> oh, for your, for your own soccer? Yeah, I oh, know for um, my son's team, oh, right. which okay. will be an early game, I'm sure. Anyway, let's move on with the podcast. Okay. Uh, Suze, uh, how did you become a Christian? Well, like many others that I've heard, I went to Gaimi Baptist Youth Group. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I went for the boys. <laughs> There was no other reason. <laughs> Checked him out. One of the coolest guys, guys at school was there. Oh. It was a very big youth group. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then one night after church, he chatted to me about God and Jesus and, and the whole commitment thing. Mm-hmm. And I made a decision there, there and then. And then I went home and I just felt the Holy Spirit just mm. come in and just warm me up and just gave me a reassurance, yes, you are a Christian. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And what happened, what do you think changed after that for yourself? <laughs> hmm. I went out with a non-Christian boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I married him, mm-hmm. very young, moved away, moved away from church. I didn't fit in at church. Mm. I got a bit of criticism and... Used to watch my dad. Used to watch soccer on a Sunday. Southers, they didn't like that. Shouldn't <laughs> do anything on a Sunday. And okay. yeah, so I just felt out of place, mm. and there wasn't a whole lot of depth to the group. It mm. wasn't like you guys, you know, with your Bible studies and your leaders. It was very open and come in, go out kind of thing. Yeah, right. Okay. So yeah, so unfortunately, I did that. Went and lived the life that I thought uh, was more exciting. Mm. basically. Um, and I think Satan is a great deceiver. Mm. You think it's all going to be fun. It turned out not fun at all. He was an abusive guy. Lasted five mm. years and then I, no kids luckily. Mm. And then back home. And um, at the same time my parents were divorcing, at exactly mm. the same time. Okay. We had no idea. So that was interesting. Yeah. How old were you mm. when you made that choice to become a Christian? Um, about 17. Okay. 17, yeah. Was there something lead up in your life that, I mean, some people that we talk about in the Chip Lunch podcast, a lot of them is that they do feel out of place and then they perhaps go to church and they go, oh, this is, this is how, like, oh, this is, this is what I've been looking for, yeah. um, is the love of Jesus. Is that how you felt or was it no. that, that happened after you became a Christian because you were saying you felt out of place I at church? I did feel out of place and my parents weren't Christians. Um, I had no more encouragement. My actually parents were horrified that I became a Christian mm. and really gave me a bit of a hard time. Um, so it, it just didn't have the depth, I think. And um, yeah, I know people said they felt at home, but I didn't, unfortunately. And I, I moved to Auburn and I used to pop into a church once a year and think, oh, you know, I really should go back. I always felt connected with the Lord, though. Mm. I never felt like he'd left me, I'd left him. I was just going down this path and then, yeah, missing church. Like I had no idea what I was giving up, mm. I think. And the, the you know, the, the blessings of church and the comfort mm. and the support, I just didn't, it didn't factor in, but I really needed it. Um, unfortunately, when I got back home, I ended up going out with somebody else, who you may know, <laughs> who I married. <laughs> um for about 25 years, Peter, and um, we lived at Rudy Hill, 
We built a house at Rooty Hill, much to the delight of everybody down here. <laughs> um, he was a Blacktown boy, so anyway, after a couple of years, we moved back to the Shire, and I just this is stage two of my Christian walk. If you want me to go there, um, Sorry, we'll come. We'll come back if we need to. Go yeah, we'll okay. Keep going. No, I said keep going with what you're okay. saying, and we yeah. can, we can um, always rewind. Yeah, we can yeah, always yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. I felt the Lord say to me, I, "We moved back to the Shire," mm-hmm. and um, had two little boys, three and one. I just felt the Lord saying, you know, you need to find a church, like it's time. Mm-hmm. And um, I went with my friend church shopping. <laughs> and we went to one in um, Cronulla and it was a Pentecostal church. And um, my kids being my kids, I didn't sit in church much. I was always out the back chasing them around the backyard or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I was out the back with the kids and there was no one around. And I seriously heard this voice say, come back. Mm, wow. And it was so clear and it was like there was no one around. I really mm. believe it was the Lord saying, come back. And I think he has to talk to me pretty, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Forcefully. Forcefully. Yeah. I don't hear the whisper. <laughs> I yeah. need the, they just shout. Yeah. yeah. So he actually led me to Cronulla Baps <laughs> and they were starting up a new church mm-hmm. called Woolaware Community Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And it was in Woolaware Public School. Very similar to what you guys yeah, have yeah. done, what yeah. we've done. And um, people were great. I felt at home. Mm. I felt like I'd found a family, like-minded people, mm. kids. Um, my kids were happy there most of the, most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we had Keegan and he got dedicated there. So mm. it was really nice. Mm. Used to go on holidays and things like that. Um, yeah, so. That was just one, if I can take it back a little bit. Yeah. You said that. Are you both your parents Dutch? Is that no, right? my dad's Dutch, my dad's mum's Dutch. an Aussie. Okay, and so did he come over? When did he come he over? He came over in the fifties, right? In the immigration boom, boom, did and he even? had a contract, and he had to go and live in Burnie in Tasmania for two years. Oh, he'd doing come, what? Uh, accountant. Okay. Yeah, so he'd come from you know Holland, Netherlands, um, you know Amsterdam, and and he's in Burnie, Tasmania. He mm. thought he was just at the end of the earth. <laughs> so he did it his two is, years, though. and then he moved to Melbourne. Yes, okay. right. Yep, and then he met my mum, who was a Melbourneian, and um, I actually, I know I have to confess this, I lived in Melbourne until I was 12, <laughs> so I Shocking. go for the storm. Oh, wow. <laughs> just want, just get that out there. <laughs> I know. No, it's quite funny, actually. <laughs> that actually explains a lot for you, you, a couple of your sons going for Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, so then why, why were they so against you becoming a Christian, do you think? Well... My dad was not at all spiritual mm. or he had like a bit of a Buddhist kind of thing happening. But my mum actually went to church and was a Sunday school teacher. Mm. Wow. And we were taken to Sunday school, dropped off, picked up sort of thing. They didn't go to church. But she got very upset because mm. I was a bit fired up. Mm. You've got to believe in Jesus. Otherwise you're going to hell, you know, like yeah. all that sort of thing. You're 16 and you're passionate and you want to. And then she was just like, you went in way too deep. Mm. That's oh. not what it's about. Yeah. And so she wanted me to have much more of a surface relationship. Mm. And I said, no, that's not, that's not what, you know, being Christian is about. Yeah. Um, I'm committed to him. I'm committed to, you know, the youth group and mm. Bible study, et cetera. So a position kind of like it's more about the morals than actually having a personal relationship with Jesus? Yeah. Mm. And, the, the, yeah, the morals and the, I think maybe looking like you were pretty religious teaching Kids, like I'm sure she was genuine 
in mm. teaching their kids, but I don't think it it didn't translate into her life. Yeah, okay. Um, at all. And so when did you, if you were in Melbourne for, until you were 12, where did, did you move into the Shire? Or we no did actually. Yeah, okay. Yeah, my dad got a transfer up here for two years. So we moved from Melbourne, kind of, a, I didn't realise it, but it was like an inner city, inner western suburbs kind of multicultural kind of yeah, place. Right, yeah. yeah, okay. It was really a great place to, to live. Yeah. And we moved into the Shire and we moved into Karela. It was mm. first being built. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, called Sylvan Headland. Lovely. Well, and that's what it was called. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they were building houses everywhere and mm. we went to Oyster Bay Primary and mm. didn't fit in. Mm. We were just ridiculed because we came from Melbourne. I just had no yeah. idea. Really? Yeah, no idea that Sydney people didn't like Melbourne people mm. or mm. vice versa. Yeah. And Karela was very quiet. There were no kids in the street. We'd come from a noisy, busy street right. playing. Lots and of yeah. families Lots and of stuff families, like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So we stayed, stayed there for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And then my parents born in Gaimia. Okay. So then we transferred and went to Gaimia Bay. Okay. So there was three, three schools in year six, which was a lot. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty intense. And yeah, I think I lost a lot of confidence because mm. I was like, king of the kids down in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. Came up here and like, oh, you're from Melbourne. Mm. Yeah. So... Yeah, so then mm. Gaimi Bay for three, four months and then Kirui High. Mm. Yeah. And you were talking about looking for like somewhere to belong to. Do you think perhaps like your dad coming from overseas and then also moving from Melbourne to Sydney and then you said you felt out of place at Oyster Bay. Do you think all those things have contributed to you like looking for somewhere needing, you feel like you needed to belong? Absolutely. Because that sounds a lot like um, Grace. Was Grace was saying something similar. Yeah, right, yeah, mm. yeah, I remember her saying that. Yeah. I think so. And I think... Such a difference between Melbourne and Sydney was huge. And my parents really didn't have many people in Sydney, to friends and things like that. We had no family here. So pretty and isolated. Difficult to set up a community, like be part of a community too, unless that, yeah. Oh, because I, the only reason I say that is because I hear other people that move, like when they move with their families, it's really hard to integrate into community mm. after like because you're seen as an mm. outsider and where, yeah. where do you find that place to be able to to establish that community which is i think something that we may be able to lose a fair bit in our uh what's the right word like our modern lives is that we think we can just do everything on us on our own but we end up feeling quite lonely and set and and apart and um not finding a place to belong because we don't have a community to belong to. Mm. So I think that's why, like, I suppose we, we talk about it at church so often is that how important a community is to, whether it's Christian or not, like just to as, yeah. as people. And I think as a Christian yep. community, it's an extra step for us is that we think that, like it's obviously shaping you to be more like Jesus. Mm. Um, so I went on a bit of a diversion there. But so it, 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 we kind of skipped ahead a little bit and I was just going to wonder – do you want to just talk a little bit more about how you moved to Auburn? Yes. And that was, so you, there was no time you were going to church at that point. Okay. And that was because, do you think one of the main reasons was because you, um, your husband was non-Christian, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you don't need to delve into too much detail about if it was difficult or not, but I'm just thinking. It was a difficult relationship. Okay, cool. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, but you kept saying that God, you always thought God was calling you. What did that look like at that time? When he's saying, you still thought that God was saying, come back. Or not come back, but... He was still there. Yeah, still he there. He was still there, but mm. I wasn't... Yeah, mm. I think I just had a bit of a, a peace about it in mm. some ways. Okay. Like I felt... I kind of thought there's something missing. And I, I went, you know, I, I, I'm not finding it where I am. But I just felt... 
I, I don't know, I just don't know. I just felt like God was there and he was like, it's okay, mm. you're okay. He actually rescued me from a few situations, so mm. I really felt mm. his presence. Mm. And um, I know in my own heart I, I never was like angry at God or mm. what, have you left me or anything. I don't know, Joel. It's just something that he planted in my heart. I think when I had that Holy Spirit, and I always felt like I'm connected to God. Mm. So, no, that's really. But it was sort of on the back burner. Yeah, you know, because everything else was happening. Yeah. And then, when I did eventually move back down to the Shire, I felt like God was saying, "Right, now's the time." Mm. Yeah. You've had all these things happen. Mm. Now's the time, and I wanted it for my kids. Mm. I wanted them to grow up in a church, even though I wasn't quite sure what that was like. I wanted them to grow up in the street with kids and yeah. go to one school, you know. I wanted them to yeah. be more settled than a few I of the th- Yeah, a few of the things that you didn't yeah. weren't able to have yeah. for differing circumstances. Yeah, so. So I, I wanted, uh, I'm really interested in you saying, like, I don't feel like I've ever heard God speak to me. So when he's saying come back, what did that voice sound like? It was really kind of clear, really deep, um, like a command, like a oh. command, but a... Not a harsh one, but mm. a like, this is what you're... You know, you talk to your kids and they're not, you know, right, this is what's going to happen. Yep. It's yep. like that. Come back. Get yourself on track. This is what I've prepared for you. And mm. it wasn't the church that I was in, mm. but he just spoke to me there. Mm. Wow, that's really cool. That's <laughs> amazing. I know, right? really, really oh, Have okay. you ever had that no, experience? No. no. I've got a few Have experiences, you? yeah. Oh. Should we do we need to do we do we do them now? Do we put them all together? Or do we spread them out? What do you think? Spread them out. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, okay, so then at that time he says come back. What you uh, moved back to to the Shire? Yep. Uh, you were going to a church in Cronulla. Yes. And and how did that go? Because you said that you got Keegan, your younger son, dedicated there. Yeah. So I only mean the first time I met you, or and you especially your sons, was at Guy Me Anglican. But yeah, that was probably how long were you at Cronulla? prior to coming to Gaimi Anglican? Oh, maybe about four years. Mm-hmm. Cronulla Baptist didn't want to keep the Woolaway Church yeah, right. off-site. Okay. And it was a, I thought it wasn't a helpful move. We all had to move back into Cronulla Baptist and then we're part of that regular sort of style of church. And mm. we were doing our thing at Woolaway and, and having a lot of fun mm. and, um, you know, we met in the canteen. We had no music and... Like it was pretty primitive. Mm-hmm. And then it was back to Cronulla Baptist. And, and then my kids started to get a bit restless. There weren't enough kids there. Um, a friend of mine from Gaimi Bay School said, we're going to Gaimi Anglican. They've got great kids stuff. Mm. Come along. So um, I did. We did. Mm-hmm. And we should, if we're going to say, talk about your family, do you want to, Tell everyone who was in your family because yeah. we keep referring to them as the boys, but like, I'd, oh my boys, yeah, it'd be um, cool okay. So I had three boys. Jared is the oldest, whom a lot of you know. Mm-hmm. Some of you know he mm-hmm. goes to the night service, day night service. Yep. Um, and then I've got uh, Riley, who's eighteen months younger, and he lives at Parramatta now. He's got four kids. Mm-hmm. He's planted a church. He's there. a minister. He's mm-hmm. planted a church. Yep. He makes it happen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Keegan. Mm-hmm. And um, Keegan was he's oh, seven years younger than Jared or six mm. years younger than Jared. Um, we had a bit of a break in between. And he lives in Newcastle. Mm. He's an art teacher. Mm. Married a doctor. 
Yes. And so he's up there. So I'm, I miss mm. him, but he's making a good life up there, really mm. connected to the church. And I'm just so blessed that all my boys go to church. Mm. They're all committed Christians. Hell yeah. And their wives are. And mm. it's just the most unbelievable feeling. Mm. I said something to Bev Crawshaw about that and she goes, you're not finished, you've got grandkids. Yeah. You've got to get, got to get <laughs> them true. into the kingdom. I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't think of that. That's true because you, you have five grandkids at the moment. I do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is fantastic. Mm. It's just amazing. The difference between being a parent and grandparent, you yeah. can't believe the difference. You can always give them back, right? Yeah, but they're just <laughs> so precious. Yeah. And you're not going through all the night wake-ups and, you know, yeah. you're getting the yeah, good you stuff. Yeah, you get all the fun stuff. You do, you get yeah, all the yeah. fun yeah. stuff. Mm. And then, and then when, they, when they're tricky, you just give them back. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like I've got three of my own, so it's uh, yeah. It's it's full on. Yeah, it's full on. But also, yeah. my uh, we have a great support system with our grandparents as well. So well, that's good. It's really really helpful. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have that either. So, mm. um, mm. you know, there wasn't much respite. Yeah. From the kids. Yeah, and that can be difficult, especially for mums. I think that mm. it's just it's just constant. Like yeah. And been, but like you also have the heart to serve your kids too, and I think that's what I love about seeing mums work so hard. Yeah, hopefully. they just want to take care of their kids, and I, I think that's lovely. Uh, so where are we up to? So how did the boys integrate into going to Guy Mir? Because I'm guessing that was loved one of the, a big, big part yeah, of. They loved it. Mm. So how how old were they when I think by the time like you got there? Eight and six. Keegan went to Busy Bees, okay. so he must have been three. Yep. Three. I mean, he was pretty young. So they're probably like three, six and eight, mm-hmm. something like that, or five and seven. So they were um, in the in the hall and just, I don't know, they just, they fitted in. Mm-hmm. They loved it and we enjoyed Gomir Anglican. Um, so it was a good fit mm-hmm. and it was close to home and it was a local church. Mm. Cronulla was always, you know... Um, different people coming from that area and you're just yeah. not going to kind of connect. It's harder to keep connected. Whereas they're at school with their friends and then they're at Sunday school, kids' church with their friends yep. in soccer. It's mm. kind of like a community mm. thing. Yep, which is so exactly what we were talking about prior, yeah. prior right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so no. I think they felt really part of, of Gomer Anglican mm. and I think I could see that depth there and that commitment and, um, yeah, it was fantastic to see. Mm. And going to school locally, which I think yes. you just said as well, like that's going to make a big difference. Because yeah. you, like, I remember, like I know where you live, but then it's like a short drive to the football field and the and the primary school, isn't it? And then it's just like a Very little short. bit shorter drive to the church. So that makes a lot of sense that you, did you walk to church at any time? <laughs> 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 no, we're not doing that. No, I don't know why. It's probably like, get the kids in the car. Yeah, yeah, up, yeah let's, let's just go. get them out of here. Yeah. yeah. So where do we go from mm. next? So if you've moved to Gaimir, you kind of really establish yourself in the community there, which is lovely. Um, something, again, another thing that you probably, you had when you first grew up in Melbourne, but then moving up to Sydney, you didn't yeah. have. So then you're able to kind of get back into that. What's, you're saying that God's speaking to you a lot <laughs> throughout your life. What's God telling you now, do you think, now that you've you've come right back now? to church and established yourself back yeah. at church? Back no, yeah, we're from Gaimir. Mm, from yeah. Gaimir times. Like what yeah. was he saying? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Um I didn't really hear any big commands. I just had this kind of, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Do you think you really grew in your faith at that time? Well, it was kind of like stage two. You know, mm. I had the first stage and I've made the commitment, never really followed up too much. Stage two, I'm going to church and I'm 
I'm going to Bible study and I'm going to women's things. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I knew the Lord was there and I was praying and reading the Bible, but I was a busy mum. Yep. And I think, in all honesty, he was probably on the back burner a bit. And I felt like I was leading the good Christian life. You know, mm. I was sort of doing all the right things and I had definitely had a relationship with the, with the Lord and had lots of health issues with my kids. So I was really mm. busy with all of that. Mm. And then, so I didn't, but I just felt somehow I was on this merry-go-round and I needed to jump off. Mm. It's all going a bit too fast. Mm. And I went back to work and that was, that was hard. Um, we had some employment issues with my husband, so things weren't going all too well. It was it was a tricky time, mm. but I felt like you know I'm connected with the Lord. But I look now and I think I wasn't really, not, not like really. stage three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that um, you just go? You go first. Was it was it kind of a? Uh, and I can empathise with this kind of situation, but I just want to figure out if it was that. Was it kind of like a, oh, I'm ticking all the boxes, but that's all I'm doing? Kind it, of. It was kind deeper of than that. I yeah. was tipping, tipping, ticking all the boxes, but I, I truly felt like I was there to serve the Lord. Mm. And um, what can I do? I ran, ran the women's group at Gaimu Anglican, and I worked in the church office, and I was pretty surrounded mm. by it all, which was great. Um, but yeah, I think I was ticking the boxes. I was there. I was committed, but I just don't think I, I was as as deep as I could have gone. Yeah, sure. And I didn't know what I was missing mm. exactly. And I was pretty busy trying to keep juggle all the balls. Yeah, as you do when you've got young kids. Mm. So um, yeah, I just had this funny feeling. I was approaching forty, and I just thought something's missing. Mm don't know what it is mm. but i just don't i'm spinning in circles i felt mm. soccer circle the school circle the church circle yep. doing lots of spinning around but i don't know if it was really that much part of it all oh so like you didn't feel like you're fully invested yeah i i mean i did at church i felt invested yeah but yeah so i don't know why but i just I was doing it and I was in, enjoying it and having good relationships, but I just think that God was on the back burner a bit and I didn't really know how much until later on. Yeah. Mm. And what led you to... That's all right. What led you to feel like um, stage three happened? Because was there a big gap between what you're saying now and then stage three? Or no, it? not really. Okay. I, was, I was a pretty busy mum mm. and... Um, it's actually today, 19 years ago, Ooh, what? I got very ill. I got pneumonia oh. and I collapsed and wow. <laughs> the poor kids, <laughs> they thought I was dead. Mm. Oh my goodness. Because I didn't know this, but when you faint, your eyes are open. Oh, I, I didn't know that So either. I fainted. I that That's crazy. And I'm lying there with my eyes open, poor caregiver. <laughs> I thought oh, I was no. dead. So I ran and got the neighbours, got the ambulance, very ill. Very, very ill and went to Sutherland Hospital. Wow. And um, they kept thinking I had um, meningitis. Oh. Like, no, it's not. I can't. It's my lungs. Mm. And um, I didn't – it's a whole story, which I won't go into, but I didn't get any very good treatment. Mm. Sent me home. I collapsed. I went back. Finally ended up in um, Karina Private. 
and they just took one look at me and said, get her on a drip. Like, mm. I was, I actually felt when I was coming down with a pneumonia, came on really fast, I felt like I could die. Oh. And I just felt the Lord's presence then mm. going, no, you'll be okay. Don't worry, it's not your time yet. Mm. And I even went to hospital and they gave me a needle in the spine. And it was a, it was a junior doctor the and she was learning. It was her first oh, time. Goodness. Oh, she missed. Oh, oh painful. Mm. <laughs> so I had oh. to have another one of those. Uh, anyway, I, um, I oh. came home from hospital eventually and I never really got well again. I got like, pneumonia takes quite a while to get over. Yeah, right. Yeah, pneumonia yeah. is really intense. And I had this, this doctor said, oh, you'll be right in two weeks because you're fit. You know, you go to the gym and at least six months. Yep. But mm. I just got very fatigued mm. and dizzy and I just never got well again. And, um, yes, yeah, some few other medical issues happened and I just, I'd lost, like I couldn't work. I couldn't even drive my kids to footy training. Mm. Um, I started, I just was like, where are you, Lord? You know, what am I doing? What's your plan for me? How can I be... I kept on being sick a whole, like, 12 months later, I'm still yeah. feeling like that. Mm. Anyway, I just felt like that was stage three because then I had nothing else. Okay. I had no fitness. I had no work. I had no soccer. I had nothing. Mm. I had my church, but I wasn't going. Or I couldn't go. And um, I just felt then that in that desert, in that wilderness, the Lord just came and just said, look, here I am. He didn't talk to me, but I just... I just I just felt him saying, just through his Holy Spirit, I'm sure, you know, now you're going to trust in me. Now you're going to, you know, put everything that you have on me. You're going to depend on me 100%. And I had to do that because I was really ill. Um, and I just felt that my whole level of relationship just went so much more um, through adversity, but it kind of... You know, he may, he, maybe he was trying to talk to me earlier and I wasn't listening and it's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I had, you know, I used to sit at home and oh, just it was winter and I had pneumonia and just mm. sit outside all rugged up and just, I don't know, listen to a lot of tapes and, mm. you know, Christian stuff and mm. just, yeah, just really felt that the Lord was just saying to me, you are where I want you to be. Mm. Don't stress about it. Mm. Or, you know, so a lot of reflection of nineteen years of being ill. <laughs> mm. Yeah, how long? How long do you reckon that conclusion? How long did it take to get to that point? Oh, not long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was ill, mm. and I think you do. You're just like, well, where are you, Lord? Mm. So I think it was like pretty much straight away, but it just got deeper. Yeah, and and um, you know, I had to trust him more and more, and I started to get. Um, mental health issues. I started to get panic attacks, mm. which was horrendous. Yep. So all of that, um, you know, that just was like, Lord, I need your help because I'm not coping <laughs> on any level here. Mm. Yeah. So had some family issues which were uh, contributing. So yeah, it was a pretty mm. a bit of a dark time, but in some ways it was really blessed because I just felt like. You know, and finally I felt like, yes, mm. Lord, I'm with you. You're with me. Let's get this thing done, whatever it is. 
Um, mm. And he just created a space for me and I just had more time with my kids. And, you know, there were lots of blessings along the way. Mm. Isn't it interesting, like, I think with, like, suffering, whatever form it is, is just, like, when I think I probably a more mature Christian perspective that I have on it now than I used to, but also just sometimes, like, I feel like I haven't suffered in the way that you have. Well, just different. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd probably say I haven't. <laughs> not like, not like the way that you're describing it, but also just, um, you come out of it going, "I see what you were doing, God," mm. and and in some respects, you 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 can. It's it's easier to deal with the suffering. I th- I find, um, and. It's not easy, but I, I don't know how to describe it. It's not easy. It's real hard, but it's also like this is God is doing something right now, yeah. and I've but I and I find that really encouraging and really encouraging in the way that you've described mm. it as well, because I think that's what we need to hear as Christians too. Because sometimes it is like if I just put my trust in God, then everything will be fine, and I'm, I'm not. He's like. It's that like being refined by fire thing that yeah. it speaks about in it's in James, I think, isn't it? Where it's, it's talking about you'll be refined by fire, and I think that's mm. a, your story. Just then is a perfect example of that, but also that I I can sense like a real almost um it's not joy, but almost like I, I don't know what it is. What's the right word? It's like trying to see that it did produce a lot of good fruit. Um, even in like your darkest times that you're saying yeah. like and that that's just so, some of the things that you've described there are just so hard mm. but I'm probably prattling on a little bit too much did you, f- did you manage to find it uh, 1 Peter 7 1 Peter 7 oh, sorry it is Peter sorry yeah you're right that we're being do you, know, do you want to read it out was it 1 Peter 7 uh, <laughs> let me just let me just skim through the context so I'm not just picking up a random verse <laughs> that's probably a good idea what so is we've described there do you think that you still feel as close to the lord as you did at those times i do Mm. because i'm still you know he makes me lie down in green pastures (laughs) lord i've been lying down for a long time now (laughs) (laughs) yeah i do i do i think i think because i've had you know a lot of challenges yeah um and i just say to myself your plans are the best plans lord because mine mine don't work his plans are the best plans. And, you know, they, he's taken me in paths I never thought, like, you know, I've had major depression and I've had to go to hospital and have treatments and, um, yeah. you know, and that's a whole world that people don't want to know about. Hmm. Well, they didn't. They might be better now, I think. But, um, you know, that was a learning curve for me and made me humble and got me to sort my head out. Hmm. And I think that's... And to really know who I am and, and what I am. And um, yeah, so, you know, still work to be done. Mm. Um, sometimes <laughs> I say, Lord, what, what is your plan when I'm sitting here alone mm. and not well? How am I helping or doing anything for anyone? And, you know, then I've sort of created some good relationships with my neighbours. Mm. So, you know, I might have a young one below me, she come up for a cup of tea and, and she's a Christian, so sometimes we pray and mm, stuff like that. Mm. So that's a real blessing. Mm. So I just try and make myself available mm. for people because I do have more time than the average person. Um, 
he also blessed me too creatively. Mm. This was huge. Mm. I was always like, wanted to write a book, mm. loved words, wanted to be a journalist. Really? Yeah, oh. wanted to be an English teacher, all of that. And then when I went and I was unwell, in hospital they used to have art therapy. Oh, lovely. I used to hide. Oh, oh really? <laughs> Why? I couldn't draw. Oh. No way. <laughs> and I'd hide. And I was like really like just didn't want to go there and look like an idiot. And mm. anyway, the Lord had different plans. <laughs> and um, had a doctor and he's like, you need to go to drawing class. I thought, no, I can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. No, can't do it. And anyway, he kept at me. Mm. At me. And then I went to art therapy and it was really good. I actually quite enjoyed it. And I joined this drawing class at Hazelhurst and I was like, useless. <laughs> <laughs> but because I couldn't play sport anymore, mm. I needed something else and just learned how to draw and experimented. And now, and I've, yeah, just done heaps of stuff, got a little Etsy site. And mm. yeah. yeah, so I really enjoy it and it really keeps me focused and you know, keeps me off the streets, I say. <laughs> Does that mainly you selling, are you selling drawings? Um, actually painting, doing some watercolour painting. They're lovely. Just abstracty stuff. Lovely. Yeah, yeah it's fun. No, it's really, really fun. Really cool. So I like doing that and I feel that, you know, it's all the Lord's talent. None of mm. it's mine. But in the process, it's very healing. It's, you know, mindful. You're in the mm. moment. Mm. Play chip lunch or I play mm. a podcast or <laughs> yeah. play music. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really good. I really, really love it. Mm. Have you considered doing any writing? Well, I went to a course. Oh, I went fun. to how to write a book in, at Sutherland Evening College. Excellent. So whole, all the notes. Had to write a, had to write a chapter yep. and read it out to the class. Mm. Oh, okay. I didn't get a very good review. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Is it fictional writing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was, I was a bit devastated. <laughs> she said, I can't follow what you're doing and all this critique, you know, that's okay. It's mm. feedback. Yeah. And then I did uh, write a book for kids. Yeah. Oh, God, I can do that. Hmm. It's actually harder. Yeah, I thought it oh, might yeah. be harder. Yeah, super hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did those two courses and I went, I don't think this writing thing is panning out. And it was a real shock to the system. Yeah. Mm. And it was like drawing, mm, art, mm, love it. There you go. Love it, love it. Really? Go to Hazelhurst every week, been doing it for 10 years. Hmm. That's, That's really cool. That's though. awesome. It's, it is good. And I can encourage new people and say, look, seriously, I couldn't draw a stick man. Just <laughs> hang with it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. How do you see God working through your art that you produce? I don't know. You don't? Like, do you ever, I suppose that, like, it's helping, you say, like, what do you want me to do in this? And then he's like, you can, you can now learn how to draw. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> the, I'm the Christian in the group yeah. as well, so they know that. Yeah, lovely. That's cool. Um, I don't know, like, you know, I've had a period where I was selling a lot of stuff, now I'm not, um, whether it's just... I don't know. Maybe someone else needs to tell me that because I can't <laughs> quite, you know, I like to say I'm doing this for the Lord, through the Lord, mm. but I'm not quite sure how it actually glorifies him other than people like it. And I think also like... I don't know. But you just said you're the only Christian, you're the Christian in the group. I think that's the way you're glorifying him, by like being in the class and going, I'm a Christian, and you're being different to everyone else and being a witness to him there. I think that's a really good way of doing it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, a few, few things come up now and again. Yeah. And you're like, mm, I'm not going to be part of that or mm. yeah. something. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Did you um, did you manage to read that that verse? I did, and it is absolutely beautiful. Go for it. Um, can I read? There's nine verses. Can I? Can I? Oh, you're going to read them all? No, there's th- no, there's three verses. <laughs> no, there's six verses. I can't count. I should go to a maths course. <laughs> go ahead. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who, through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Fantastic. That's actually really good. Very pertinent. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. It's really, really. And that, that actually, thank goodness that God's word, is able to speak when I can't speak hmm. because that's what I was trying to get to because you mentioned hmm. it's humbling before and I think mm. I can see that the trials that you went through, especially in that, that third stage of your Christian walk that you were saying, was um, humbling but then I can see the you greatly rejoicing in that too but in a humble way. That's what I was trying to get to yeah, before. Sure. And I think um, that's what I found really encouraging. Uh, Ethan, do you have any more questions before we ask the final question of um, Suzanne? I don't think I have. I I have a whole bunch of encouragement that mm. I've gotten. Yeah. It's not it's not really a question, um, but I am really encouraged by you, and I am really um, I've been really stoked to sit and listen mostly, which I'm. <laughs> Very contented to do. I'm just here to Joel be the pretty face and he'll ask all the questions <laughs> and I'll just sit here with my 10 cents. Um, but thus far my 10 cents like is just I'm really encouraged by you and I'm um, it's been really beautiful to just chat and hear about what you've uh, what you've been through and what you're going through. And um, what I've loved from it though is that it isn't just in retrospect that you've gone, yeah, God was working. Mm-hmm. It was while you were in it, you were like, God, what are we doing? Let's we let's doing? figure this out. Yeah. Um, and that's really, really cool. And that's really encouraging um, for it to be a, an, a, a, in each situation. It's a, let's do this, God, together. And I want to do this for you. Um, and yeah, I was su- I've been super encouraged by that. Well, thank you. I, I did have words with the Lord once upon a, once. <laughs> what did that look like? Oh, I was just walking around my house going, what is going on? <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Like mm. I just had enough. Yeah, mm. just I crying think, out. Yeah, just crying out. And I think the Lord was, you know, let me get let me get that vented off my chest. Yeah. And then, yeah. okay, yeah. What, what are we doing now? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I think I have been very super blessed through all the adversity and mm. um, yeah. I've got another little experience if you want me to please, tell you. Yeah, no, please sure it's <laughs> before I ask that, that final question, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I went to the healing centre at um, St Andrew's Cathedral. Yeah. I have it every week and it's amazing. And I went there and 
um, I just had this kind of and this thing I thought God was a stern God, you know, and I felt like he was maybe not happy with me. Didn't feel the love of God much mm. as much then. You know, I was just there and praying and I just had this whole kind of Holy Spirit thing and it was like a whole pink vision and I don't know, and God was just saying, I love you. Mm. You know, you're okay. I love you. And it just filled my soul and it just I just got so much peace from it. It was a temporary thing, but mm. it was I felt like God was saying, you know, don't worry. Like mm. You're going through all this stuff, but it's okay. I'm on your side. I'm with yeah. you. And um, I think I needed to hear that. And it was, yeah, it was like a visual thing, but it, mm. and it was pretty real. It's awesome. <laughs> so mm. I kind of feel like God's like, oh, got to give this girl a message. You know, she's <laughs> <in my> <laughs> Just missing all the clues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Is that in stage one, two, or three? That was in stage three. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I like it that we're breaking up into. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> good. It's a good way of structure. So the last question that we always ask, though, yes. is um, looking back over your life, and I feel like we've barely scratched the surface here because I think there's plenty more, but it's totally fine. But when you look back over your life, what do you wish your younger Christian self knew that you know now? Stay connected to the church. Right. You know, I needed to be connected. I missed out on so much. Mm. And what did I gain? You know, so I think I, think I would just say, okay, maybe not that church, maybe somewhere else, but stay with the Lord. Um, definitely mm. don't marry a non-Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but the, and I'm guessing that that comes because your perspective is different. Like the, and that, then it influences your relationship because, like, one of you is listening to God or trying to listen yeah. to God, and the other's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know His plan is is for everyone mm-hmm. to be, you know, um, Christians and then marry. And I see the fruit of it here; like, it's just amazing. Some of the youngsters growing up, <laughs> getting, I'm feeling like the old, the old duck. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, stay connected. Mm. Be part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that you've learnt throughout your life as well, though, because you did move around or you went to different schools and different cities and all that kind of stuff. So you, your understanding of why it's important to stay connected mm. was really revealed by that. So I think that's cool. But a couple of other things just as we wrap up the chips, I think <laughs> I have been exceptionally encouraged by you, Suze, oh. because of the way that you have dealt with adversity and continually gone back to God rather than walking away from him. And I feel like as you experience maybe even harder and harder trials, you didn't you went closer. You know what I mean? Like as it got yeah. harder, you grew, grew closer to yeah. God. But also like you talked about belonging, which I think is we, we talked about with Grace, which was really important. Yeah. But also you also spoke about how your um, all your sons are Christians. And this is something that that struck me when we were talking to Jai last week with Braden is that he he hasn't had a he didn't grow up in a great family situation but you and him through god's work are changing generations mm. and i think that's what's really really lovely is to see that like yes because you're your boys are christians so then there will be generational change after that mm. and i think you have yes. greatly contributed to that by listening to god and trying to do as much as you can under god's auspices is that yeah. the right word yeah um and so, again, I think it's been really humbling to listen to 
the struggles that you've been through, but also, again, as it said in that one Peter verse, greatly rejoicing. And I see yeah. you doing that. Yeah. And I think that That's is the, the huge encouragement. Thank you, Joel. From today. That's lovely. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, and I like it that also, I reckon this might be the, the title of the podcast, Don't Worry, God's On Your Side. Because yeah. you, you said that a number of times. So, yeah. yeah. And everything you went through, you, God kept saying, don't worry, don't I'm worry. on your side. I'm on your side, that's right. Yeah. So, an excellent way to finish, I think. Mm. That, let's make that the title of the podcast. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. you. No, thank you so much for joining us, Susan. Welcome. I really Thanks appreciate for having it. Me. And we always finish with a one way. So, if you're happy one to do way. that, one way. One way. One way. One way.